Hello, Joe. How are you? Paolo, my friend. How are you doing? Good, good. You? Good. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about how to write performance reviews. Ugh, performance reviews. They're so painful. But we're, hopefully we can make it a little less painful, right? I hope so. All right. So do you have any tips? Any tips for performance reviews? I have many. The first one. Yeah. Hit me with the first one. So do not assume that the performance review that you're writing is only for your boss. And what do you mean? What I mean is that the review you're writing is going to be consumed, read, not only by your boss, but potentially uh, by your skip level oh, or, yeah. Yeah, or by the peers or the people that sit at the same level of your boss. So you have an audience here. It's not only your boss that reads this document. If you start with that assumption, I think you will write documents that are more compelling. And do you have any examples? Like, do you have any examples of just how, you know, maybe you think about writing for this audience and how that's different than just writing for your boss? Well, so when you write, if you, if you think of a very simple case, right? It could be that in some cases you are only writing for your boss. So if, if you know for sure that that's how your process at your company works, sure, that in, then ignore this advice. But if you don't know that, then the key difference is that if you were just writing for your boss, you will probably take for granted a lot of the context. Mm. Whereas if you if you think you're writing for a larger audience, that forces you to share more about that context. And that, in my experience, is never hurtful. It's actually always helpful, even, even for your boss. Because most, most likely, she doesn't have all the context to the level of details that you as a researcher has. And so what that makes me think about when it comes to the performance review is, yes, provide more context for people higher up who don't have that context, but also what are the problems they care about? What are the goals they're trying to achieve? Sometimes those aren't exactly one-to-one -to, -one to your boss. Your boss might have that you know, drilled in to a level. You might want to up-level some of your accomplishments into that broader context that all of a sudden the skip it's like in their language it's in their domain it's things they care about oh i love this actually that was actually my second suggestion if i if i jump ahead oh. <laughs> okay yeah I'm, I'm still all right wasn't that was tip number two well, because it was about language and yeah. i couldn't agree more uh you need to figure out a way to to chime in into the language that is used in your particular product team or, you know, at the, at the level above where your boss sits, you want to be able to insert your accomplishment into that conversation. So, so imagine you're joining a conversation, because that's essentially what you're doing. You're joining a conversation. How do you get the attentions of everybody else at that table that is talking about these things? Mm -hmm. You don't want to yell. No. Right, right, that's not a good way to get attention. Never works. Uh, that never <laughs> works. Uh, so, how do you do that? You need to identify. You need to find the right language to talk about this, your accomplishments. Where do you find the right language? Again, here is where you can leverage the the um, the, the resources that your company has. Mm -hmm. You can look at the career ladder, for example, as an inspiration for the language. You can. Um, you can look at um, if you have peers that are willing to share maybe some uh, um, older reviews that they have 
they have written, maybe that's another source. Um, so, but spend time in identify the right language to talk about your achievements. I think that's such a good piece of advice about asking peers if they are willing to share. And even you could ask a manager, a manager might have an old review and it's super instructional to see how they think of themselves and the role research plays and the language they use to communicate that. And it really starts to make me think about something I've seen in my career is that it's really rare that you ever get promoted um, based off of potential. A lot of time, people want to see you performing the job. Mm. A promotion is lagging in some respect. And so if you can see how somebody above you moves and operates and the types of problems that they tackle and how they talk about it, you can then start to look for those opportunities yourself. And you might even have them. You just might not know how to talk about it, how to use the right language. Mm -hmm. So I love that. That's a great piece of advice. Do you have other advice? One of my pieces of advice is... If you work in a company that you have to write a self-review and you have to give feedback to other people, you'll very likely find that you have a lot of time you have to put aside to do all these different things. And it's very unfortunate if you neglect your self-review at the expense of all the other reviews that you have to give. And so actually my, my tip is to write your review before everyone else's. And what you do is you're not writing like a full review. You're almost just doing an outline. You're getting an outline of like what you've done and this will help you remember a lot. This will then also jog your memory on what your peers did in the projects that you collaborated with. And then as you go back and you're working on peers, you will think of new things that you can put back into your review. And then the thing that you'll avoid by doing all of this is you'll avoid the scenario where you spend 95% of your energy on your peers and then you get to the end and you're exhausted and your brain doesn't work and you can't remember what you've been doing, even though you've been talking about all of your peers and all the great work that they've done. So if you do it this way, you will make sure that you really advocate for yourself and that you remember your best accomplishments and it'll make all the other work with peers much easier as well. One, one thing that I want to add to that is the formatting of this doc, of this sort of documents, right? Again, here, I don't think there is one format that fits all you need to figure out what is, in this case, what is that you, what kind of format your boss wants? Because what you absolutely want to avoid is for your boss having to spend extra time to figure out where to find the information that she needs. Uh, you want to be able to deliver that information right at the beginning of that document or whatever, whatever your boss wants. Uh, because most likely the way how she wants your document is the way how the skip level wants the, doc the document as well. So in a sense, I'm almost thinking about a two-step process here. You know, first you write your self-review in a, in a document that is more like, more like for yourself, mm -hmm. like thinking about it and all of the things that you have done throughout the, the year. And that's, however, not the document you're going to share. The second step, once you have all of those written down, the second step is, okay, let's, let's put these in a shape that is more concise, follows a certain language, and follow the format that my boss wants. If you don't know what format your boss wants, ask that question. That's, to me, uh, one of the best suggestions that somebody gave me um, a few years back. And that nicely rounds out your other tip. I mean, in some ways, your other tip about the language 
might be about the, the context, uh, right? Uh, the substance of, of what is discussed. You start to get into style and then format, right? It's also in how, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like how do people process this? Does your boss want um, bullet points? Do they want short little bullet points? Do they want something that's a higher level? The format is critical. And similar for our users, we don't want users to have to do a lot of work to get our products. Right. You don't want your manager right. doing a lot of work to understand what your achievements are. Right. That, that would be a nightmare. Do you have more suggestions for us? Yeah, there's, I think I have one more tip. My last tip is it's rare you can have a, a million different accomplishments. You often have a handful of accomplishments, maybe three big accomplishments. And it doesn't mean you only do three things. It's just that if you look at what is landing you the most impact, it's probably you can get more than 80% of that impact in like three big projects. And so I think one of the big mistakes that people make when they're doing like a self-review is they're trying to be exhaustive to get credit for every little thing that they did. And they bury the most impactful stuff that they did amongst the laundry list of things that they did. And some of this kind of gets to your point about format. If your boss and your skip, what they're talking about are basically like three big bullet points for everybody, then you should know that. It, you should know, oh, wait a minute, people are really focused on the most important pieces of impact. Spend your time there. Spend your time really building out the case there. Don't think about spending your time where it's like, okay, I need to be exhaustive. I need to cover every single thing. And this helps later on in the year when you're actually picking on projects. Not that you should only pick projects that are going to perform well in a performance review. But if performance reviews are properly incentivizing you to focus on things that are high impact, well, then when you, when in the middle of the year, when you've been working on something, you might want to take a step back. You might want to say, is this more impactful than these other things? I actually, I, I, I interpret your suggestion. Maybe I'm curious to, to hear how you think about it. Because to me, what you're articulating is like, okay, make clear that in your performance review uh, that you're writing, it's, these are the key projects that really had a big impact. These are the jewels in the crown, right? These are the, the big items. Um, because I am definitely on the camp of writing everything. But I get your point that if you write everything and you don't make clear that this is the bigger project that had a bigger impact, then you may provide a, the, a sense, a feeling that they all matter the same. Yes. And that's not what we want. I totally agree with that. So to me, it's more like make clear to identify the one, two, three projects that you did that really, really had a big impact. And I'm for listing all of the others as well. Uh, I see them as satellites around the bigger planets, to use another metaphor here. Yeah, that's how I interpret you. That's exactly what I mean. It's, it, uh, I'm not saying to just completely omit everything else that you do, but at least put it at the top and make it really clear what is the most important. Because I've read through things where it's like, oh, this, 20, this line item 23 is like your second most impactful thing. And it's all the way down to 23. Yes. And that also gets to a point about the process of writing this document, right? We said, write the first time. And the first time you don't write necessarily because that's in the format that your boss wants. And it's going to be the document that you're going to send out. You write that in that way so that you remind yourself 
uh, about what you have done. Then once you have all of that written down somewhere, then you kind of then write the document in the format, in the language, highlighting the, the top projects. Um, but that's the second step. So it's almost like building a house. You, you build, the, infra, you build the, the scaffolding first and all the material is there. And then you write. And that also hits on the, on the other point that you made, that this takes time. It does take time. It's really, really hard to and risky to do it, uh, you know, the one hour before the deadline. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so don't wait one hour before the deadline to do this. Um, Paul, did you have any other tips that you wanted to share with us today? Not really. Maybe it's time to offer. I don't know if you have anything else. No, I'm done. Should we re- maybe a recap then about, yeah, recap. Everything, about everything that we said. So write the performance review as if you're writing for more than for your boss. So think that you have an audience. Uh, pay attention to the language that you're using. And you can borrow the language from the career ladder or asking your peers as well. Um, make sure that you allocate enough time for this because you want to write probably two documents. One, just to remind you about everything that you've done. And then the second one, in the format, and this is the other point, in the format that your boss wants so that she can get to the information that you want to provide super quickly. And then if you include everything, but make sure that the biggest contributions are really standing out and jumping out. They come top of the, of the list, not bottom of the list. Yes, and, ma- and make sure you, f- you fill in yours first. <laughs> Do your rough draft of yours first, get it on paper, then you can sock it away and go back to everyone's reviews um, so that you're making sure you're advocating for yourself as best as possible. Love it, love it. Awesome. Well, we'd love to hear if you guys have any tips or comments. We know there's many out there that we didn't cover today. So if you have any, feel free to send them our way and we'll share them with the rest of the community. Awesome. Thank you, Joe. See you, everyone.